The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via social distancing for over a year now is none other than the life with Jen or G's, Jen Elise Feldy. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's good to hear you. <laughs> yes, it's good to hear you virtually. <laughs> I haven't, I, actually, I have seen you. I forgot I did see you that one time. For dental but, stuff. Yeah, but normally I haven't seen you or I haven't seen Dominic or Charlie in over a year. It's crazy, crazy. It is crazy, but you know, they say familiarity breeds contempt, so at least we're not sick of each other. That's that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, so let's see. On this week's show, we're going to have another Jaybird and Lee segment. Uh, Dominic Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano will have his comic pick of the week. Um, I actually have a uh, interview with uh, writer, artist, creator uh, George Medina, and I'm going to have a little uh, quarantine corner where I discuss movies and, and whatnot, where I'm going to talk about the new uh, Justice League movie that just came out, um, the new Zack Snyder film. So we're going to do all of that. But before we do all of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin' Time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi as well as the awesome guys at the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating 26 years of comic book stuff and pop culture-ness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is going to be, um, it's been confirmed. They are going forward with it. It is going to be on May 1st. So it's a one-day show on May 1st. Um, and we're going to do our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin Array. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up a came from Ray on the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can uh, get your own little shout-out on our show. All right, so let's see what we got for the news. Um, we only have one bit of sad news uh, this mm-hmm. week. So we have actor Cliff Simon died recently from a kiteboarding accident. I actually had to look up what kiteboarding was. Um, apparently, that's when you're on the surfboard and you're, mm-hmm. and you're being pulled with a kite. I didn't know that was what it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a fan, I don't like to use that word, but a fan asked me to join him. And it's either kiteboarding or parasailing, paragliding. No, paragliding, is when, you're, paragliding is when you're attached to the parachute and you're in the air. This one, you're on the water and you're being pulled by the kite. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I shouldn't do it. They both scare me. I, I tend to stay away from water because that's where all the sharks are. And drowning happens. Yeah, same. <laughs> no water for me. Uh, let's see. Despite appearing in numerous TV shows, Cliff is perhaps best known for his portrayal as a long-running villain in Stargate His- uh, in Wait. Let me try that again. He is best known for his portrayal as the longest-running villain in Stargate history named Baal. Uh, and, and Stargate SG-1 for five out of the show's 10 years. Um, I was not a fan of SG-1 or Stargate, so I don't know the actor or the character. Uh, were you a Stargate fan? Of course, of course, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it does sound like he died like a villain should. I mean, that is a crazy accident. I feel like that's how villains go down, you know? In, in a crazy accident? Yeah, maybe someone messed up with the kiteboard, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's, that's what I would do if I saw some villain. Um, so he was a uh, a spry 58, so that's, that's kind Pretty of young. Yeah, it's kind of young to go out on, a, on, a, on an accident in, in such a fashion. Hmm. Uh, so let's see. So moving on to the not as sad news. From the and the nomination goes to department. Uh, the 2021 Oscar nominations have been announced, which of course means that the Razzie nominations are also out. For those of you who do not know, or care for that matter, the Razzies are the anti-award ceremony celebrating the worst offerings of Hollywood. 
Um, of the various nominations for fans of our show, uh, of note are Robert Downey Jr. film uh, Doolittle was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst On-Screen Combo, which is him and his, uh, quote, utterly unconvincing Welsh accent, unquote, Worst Director, and the Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Uh, Fantasy Island was also nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actress, two uh, separate nominations for two different actresses in that movie, Worst Screenplay, and of course, Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. And finally, Wonder Woman Part 2 with a uh, nominator for Worst Supporting Actress and, of course, Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Did you see any wow. of those films? <laughs> no, but now I really want to. And this is the Wonder Woman I was kind of ragging on? This is the same Wonder Woman? Yeah, this is the Wonder Woman Part 2. This is the new one. Yeah. Out, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. I just can't get over that whole uh, Imagine remix. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> it's 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 funny because I actually saw um, Fantasy Island and I liked it. I thought it was pretty darn good. So I guess this is as we always talk about award show. I guess it works both ways for the good stuff and the bad stuff. It's just a matter of opinion who gives out the awards. Definitely, I never really care about reviews. Um, let's see. So moving on from speaking of uh, award shows, from the I think we're tired of online award show department. Much like the Golden Globes before it, the latest Grammy Awards had a huge drop-off in viewership down 53% from 18.7 million viewers in 2020 to just, quote-unquote, 8.8 million viewers this year, making it the ceremony's worst-rated ever in its 63-year history. To put things into perspective, the 2012 Grammys had the highest viewership at 39.9 million viewers. Um, You're a Grammy fan? Watch the Grammys? Listen to the Grammys? Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) What am I a fan of? I like like broccoli. (laughs) I I like broccoli and bad movies. (laughs) I am am not uh, musically inclined, so I don't know anything about music very, very little bit. But just the fact that it's another award show in the pandemic and nobody's watching these things because they're all just at home. (laughs) Who wants to see these people at home? celebrating yeah. award shows like i think this is the worst thing to do but i guess as they say the show must go on well in a way it's almost more interesting because i do like to see people's home setups and what they do to me that's <laughs> almost more interesting than them getting dressed up with all these assistants and it's all fake this is a little more real wait so you so that's kind of cool you don't think that there's uh, there's a celebrity uh set dresser oh, for right. your house <laughs> There is. You're right. You're right. But I'm sure there's some slip in that's a little more homemade. And I'm sure it's quite entertaining to see that. The the, the, the C-list and D-list actors, those are the ones that you want to see. And those are the real them, houses. I bet some of them are actually like maybe a little more high or drunk because you're doing things from home. So you might catch them in a different state of mood. I, I may or may not have recorded my first podcast high over the pandemic. <laughs> It's quite fun. I would never show up to a studio high, but you know, if I'm home and it's a bunch of comedians on a podcast, like I don't know, let's let's switch it up a little bit. So it might get kind of interesting. You you lose that um that barrier from professionalism right. to yes, you're at home. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And you don't have to wear any clothes from the waist down. <laughs> That's very true. Um, moving on. Let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, let's do this one. Oh, from the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. The new Disney flick, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is also available on the streaming service for an additional fee, has remained the number one film for two um, two weeks in a row, pulling in another, quote-unquote, disappointing $5.7 million at the box office, bringing the total to up to just $16 million in domestic box office sales. Uh, to put things into perspective, this time last year, the animated film Onward also kept the number one spot for two weeks in a row, making... million dollars and also this time last year would be the first week of the movie theater shutdown due to the still ongoing pandemic so this was the first uh post-pandemic uh weekend last year so as you can see that the the difference in the amount of money made isn't that much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um of note only counting money made this year, Tom and Jerry is the highest grossing film of 2021 so far, with $24.8 million, followed by Crude's Part 2, with just $22 million and counting. And keep in mind that Raya is also available for an additional $30 on the Disney streaming service, which does not 
count towards box office ticket sales. Okay. Okay. I think well, it's uh, it's interesting because you know they can say that they made a disappointing amount of money, and yet they can say they they don't need to release how much money they made on the online figures. That is interesting, and I would like to get to a point in my life where five point seven is described as disappointing. <laughs> That's why I always say only five point seven. So disappointing. Yeah, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, you have eight point eight million listeners, and you made five million dollars." I'm really like, "This is awesome." Yeah, right. All it's right. interesting the perspective. So let's see. Moving on. Well, I think we should do this one since we just did it. So also from the. That's a lot of nuts! Department. Uh, Kickstarter has released the numbers for its comics category of 2020. It turns out that the indie comic creators made $25,784,658 in successful campaigns. Of note, it is not just the revenue that has increased, but also the percentage of successful projects as well. 73.9% of all comic Kickstarters were successful in 2020, which is up 4.9% from the previous year. Uh, hmm. That means that because of the pandemic, people were in, more people were creating, and more people made comics than ever before and make successful campaigns. When, oh, when's your comic surprising. coming out? <laughs> My comic? Yeah. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I, I know as a comic, I'll be standing up doing stand-up for Call Me a Comic, but no cartoon comics for me. So Not yet. See, so this is, this is the, the booming industry of, you know, bringing your own, your own, what, was, what were you saying, your own marketing uh, strategy? Yeah, doing it yourself. Yeah, otherwise you get exploited by producers a lot of the times. So doing it yourself. So it's weird how this is, it's now a thing like independent creators, this is your time. To, to make yes. stuff because you are on lockdown. This is the time to be creative and get it out there. Definitely. There's there's very few excuses for anyone who's out there who wants to create something. Of course, you want to have skill and there is a aspect of luck to it and likability. And some people have and some people don't. But with Google and networking and Clubhouse, there's all the resources out there. So you really can, from the ground up, create your own podcast, your own show. We'll be we doing it in the fall. Um, you know, you, you really can do things yourself now. There's not many excuses out there. What I have to say is for the, one of the positive things for the pandemic is that I, we were still able to keep the show going digitally. Like you, you had to learn, you had to adapt, you had to figure mm -hmm. it out. And we've actually done our own little learning curve of how the show has gone from the time when we, the pandemic started, we, we, uh, we actually did, I think I did one episode in the actual studio and then everything shut down and then we just kind of figured it out we guerrilla styled it and here we are almost a year later because we did a couple weeks uh, before everything went to, to to the crapper and here mm -hmm. we are still doing shows so if i could do it people who <laughs> <laughs> people out there this is your chance to really have a chance to, to learn and do it well you've put together a lot you got to give yourself credit and yeah. you know what can be done from home. I, I, that's one thing I've tried to do so many meetings as video meetings and people get offended. But now uh, it, it, hopefully it doesn't come across offensive when I try to save time and do things from home. It's, it's weird how, how here we are a year later. Um, so let's see. Okay, so next, the next bit of news. From the school, the cycle school of remakes for comics department. Marvel has decided to release a quote-unquote tribute issue of Avengers number no. 4, which has the return of Captain America to the then modern times, and the original Captain America number no. 1, which has the famous cover of Cap punching Hitler in, in the book. Um, much like Gus Von Saint's remake of the film Psycho, which was essentially a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the Alfred Hitchcock classic, uh, the comics are redrawn panel for panel by modern artists, along with modern artist techniques, using the same dialogue from the original comics. So it's weird that they decide to do this. So it's you take a comic, which is already drawn and printed and published, and then you take new artists to redraw the same comic so that way it can look better, quote unquote, mm. look better and fit in with modern comics of today. Hmm. Do you think that's necessary? I don't think it's necessary at all. It's like um, the big controversy over colorization. Remember back in the day, they're like, oh, you shouldn't be mm -hmm. coloring black and white movies because that's how it was intended. Mm, okay. And it takes this or reboots. 
Well, yeah, it takes this one step further because um, uh, the the Gus. Did you ever see the cycle, the second cycle that they made? I didn't. Should I? Um, I well, it is a shot for sock, dialogue for dialogue remake, like a ninety nine point nine percent remake of the original cycle. So if you saw the original cycle, hmm. this new one is the exact same movie. Shot everything is done the exact same way, and I remember. At the time, people were, were up in arms at how dare he, you know, make that movie in that way. And why are you going to waste your money when you just go see the original film? Right. And Gus said something that was very interesting. He had a counterpoint to it, which made me want to go see the movie. And he said, I look at film as if it was a production in the theater. So, you know, you have your theater run, you, you have mm -hmm. the play. And then when the theater run comes around a couple of years later, it's the same play. But you get all new actors doing the same play the same way. And yeah, I'm, yeah, huh. I see that. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, point. So this was supposedly that was his idea. So I can see that, yes, it's a, it might be interesting to redo it in the modern age. But for comics, I don't know. Like you can easily see the old books and you can understand why it was done back then. So I feel that this comic, because what Disney is doing, it's kind of basically shoving under what originally existed and redoing it and making it quote unquote more accessible for today's readers. I don't know. I, I, I don't well, if, if it's totally different visuals, you have, it's a different experience. Like, you know, there's a movie Heathers or Teen Witch. I love these movies from the 80s. I would love it if they did it again with different actors because, like, I go to acting class a couple times a month or once a month, and you see all these different movie scenes done by different actors in my class, and it's totally different when new actors do it. It's a totally different experience, so it's pretty fun to watch. So maybe comics and movies with new sets of actors and locations is pretty cool. Hmm. Depends. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's a, it's a different vibe. Yeah, I don't I mind so. it, actually. I think what really bothers me about the quote-unquote reboots is when they take the property and they gut out all what made the property the property and then just slap whatever they want because that's what they think people will get and have that instant recognizability. That's not a word. Recognizability. Sure, recognizability. <laughs> of, Poetic license. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, the, that's the, the downfall. Like if they made... Like if they decided to redraw the Simpsons cartoon, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the older ones, to redraw it now, but using the same voice cast and the same script, but they just redrew it to fit in with today's standards. That's how I kind of see it. Like I don't, I think they're basically shoving what's existed under the rug and be like, this is what it was was like all along. I guess it depends if they're just upgrading it a little bit, like, or if it's a totally different vibe and drawing style. Maybe that will be interesting. Oh, I but, guess uh, time will tell. Yeah. I mean, I personally wouldn't do it. I have my own original ideas, but many people don't. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see. We have, let's see if we can get this. We have two more. Let's see if we can get the both of them. But we'll, for, we'll save for the maybe last bit of news. From the looks like we're still doing this department. Speaking of Simpsons, uh, Simpsons voice actor Harry Shearer, much like co-star Hank Azaria before him, is being replaced off of one of his characters that he provided the voice for during the show's 32 season run. That's 32 years. Um, mm -hmm. Harry will no longer voice Dr. Julius Hibbert, who was quote-unquote loosely based off of Dr. Cliff Huxtable, played by Bill Cosby on The Cosby Show. Uh, the role will now go to longtime voice actor Kevin Michael Richardson, who I sort of know by osmosis. Uh, uh, a former co-worker of mine is his, uh, is his uncle. Um, hmm. All this comes from last year's announcement from Fox that white actors will no longer be voicing non-white roles on the show. While Harry has not made a comment about the change, he did have this to say way back when Fox made its initial announcement last year. Harry said... I have a simple belief about acting. The job of the actor is to play someone who they're not. That's the gift. Yes. That's the description. I think there's a conflection between representation, which is important, and people from all backgrounds should be represented in the writing and production ends of the business so they help decide what stories to tell and with what knowledge. The job is playing someone I'm not. Um, of course, Harry exactly. was still voiced Kent Brockman, Ned Flanders, Mr. Burns, amongst all the other voices. It's not like he's out of a job or out of a paycheck. But still, it's just one of those things where, uh, where where's the line? Yeah, that's too, I think it's too far to be removing these people. It's acting. 
So as, as, as an actor yourself, does that mean that you are no longer allowed to play boy roles or kid roles, even, even uh, as a voice actor? Oh, that's it's, a not good e- it's not even you. But Am I offending boys if I play a boy? Hmm. I mean, Nancy Cartwright has done Bart Simpson as a female for 32 years. Right. That's <laughs> so, a really good argument. What, so what does that mean? I, I think, I, I think I've said it many times before, that if they want to do it right, they make new characters. And if they really want to you know, be quote-unquote representative, then hire the the representative person for that actor. And I do also say that by saying non-white people are non-white roles, it's kind of reverse if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. you're saying, oh, only black people can voice black people roles. Well, then wait a minute. Isn't that the reverse of what you're trying to get across? This whole thing is just crazy. Uh uh, I don't know. I'm really for anyone voicing any character, any role. That's that's my opinion on that. And uh, we should just give the job to the person who does things the best. The, the best person for the job. And I think it's, um, it, it's, it's a disconnect between what they're actually doing and what they're trying to do. Because I understand what they're trying to do. And I think that that's right. For sure. There should be more representation. That's a, That's a given. I understand that. But the way that they're going about it, I find is completely and totally wrong and idiotic. Yeah, I agree. Everything you said, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, you've Thanks. talked about um, that uh, being straight and gay, that if they say only gay people can voice can be gay uh, characters and actors. Exactly, yeah. Actors, Where's the line? All the actors are going to well, I'm gay now. <laughs> I mean, I played a mom in two films that just came out. Am I... Am I aff- being offensive to mothers? Should I not be playing a mom? Because I don't know what it feels like to be a mother. I've never birthed a kid and I probably never will. So maybe I should be banned from playing a mother. You see that? So you're not allowed to play anything else but a, uh, but a Jewish actress, comedian, producer, right. director. That's all you can do now. Trainer, health counselor. You can't play yeah. anything else. And I did feel weird shooting it as a mother. Out, and I tried to think of the moms and I was like oh this is weird I'm like appropriating mothers but of course you know I think it's okay so I did it I mean as as an actor as, as I keep on hitting that you're an actress an actress <laughs> actor when you get a role the thought process is that it's not you so so you always try to bring something of you to that role do you find it to be limiting if they said well you can't do this role because you're not what the character is yeah, that would just be insane. I mean, I, I did the voices of an old man as part of my stand-up act. Is that wrong? <laughs> Am I going to hurt the old men's feelings and old or, women's feelings? <laughs> or, or that movie I saw you in, um, Bloody Nun Two. You were you right. Were... I play a madam. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not running a brothel. I mean, kind of. I, I do give people jobs, so I have a few people that call me a pimp. I, I do, but you know, I'm not really. Or are you? <laughs> uh, well, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> we can't reveal everything right now. <laughs> and I've said it myself, like, I'm like the worst Hispanic out there. And yet I'm now eligible to get roles for being a Spanish person where other people who could probably do a better job. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. It really is mind boggling how this whole thing works. And I cannot think of a solution. <laughs> Neither can I. That's why I don't have that many intelligent <laughs> things to say right now. I just think the whole thing, situation is bonkers. Just hire the best person. But, you know, that gets sticky. And there's a lot of interpretations of that statement. Well, um, the best person for the role, I would think, has A, the look of what the person needs to be. And as, as we've known many times, the certain characters are written for different uh, genders or uh, ethnicities, and then they change it to reflect what the actor is. Uh, one of the most famous ones is um, in Aliens. You, you've seen Aliens, right? Parts, parts. Well, you know of Aliens, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. So originally, that role was supposed to be a man. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's role was supposed to be a man. 
but they wow. changed it when they hired her They're like oh she's really good for the part she reads the role she reads the the, the lines well we're gonna make it her a woman so hmm. he is the best person for that. Cancel role. aliens. That's my that's that's my answer for that. Just cancel it. Right? Isn't that the answer for everything nowadays? Yes, let's let's just cancel everything. That's cancel it, defund the police, just cancel everything, right? Yes, that's yes. So we have less than a minute, so we're gonna do our final thoughts. So do you have a final thought for us before we take our break? Final thoughts. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I'm taking on a lot today, so if you're taking on a lot. Try to just handle each situation as it comes, and eventually you'll have everything taken care of. Try not to get overwhelmed. My notes to myself, to you. All right. So my final thought is this. Um, I actually don't have a final thought. We we really didn't <laughs> we really didn't uh, uh, educate the world in this episode, but we have more show to go. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Come down to Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin for the best new comics in the month of March. First, there was Future State. Now, from DC Comics comes Infinite Frontier. And from Marvel Comics in March, the finale to The King in Black. And from the mind of Keanu Reeves comes Berserker. And your chance to win the rare 1 in 200 variant cover of Berserker Number 1 with purchase of the book. Cosmic Comics, located at 848 Merrick Road in Baldwin. Give us a call, 516-763-1133. Stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Austin Powers. Austin Powers. I like how you did your British accent there. I don't even know what accent it was. Can you do a British accent? No. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> no, I cannot do one. It's probably you... more like what? Australian. I don't know. You I'm... don't know? I don't know. I'm bad at accents. You're good at accents. I'm pretty good at accents, yeah. Do your Yoda impression. I'm not doing Yoda impression <laughs> on here. Are you crazy? <laughs> We're talking about British accents anyway. And Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Right? That's kind of his thing. You're good at you're good at impressions. <laughs> impressions. What impressions. I know. I should have been yeah. in an animation or something. You, yeah, you should have been a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, well. That's, I guess, the next life. <laughs> anyway, that's cool. What, um... What did you like? What did we talk about? Austin Powers 1 and 2 and 3 or 1 and 2 or all of the whole Austin Powers everything? I don't... I didn't see the one that you guys saw yesterday. Which one was that? Was we that saw three? Goldmember. You saw Goldmember, didn't you? Where the guy was eating his own skin and... No? Goldmember, his thing was made of gold? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I don't think I remember that. All right. Well, let's talk I'll about... I'll have to watch it again. Well, which one do you want to talk about then? I guess two. Two, where they go into space. It's the one where Mojo, right? Yeah, the missing okay. Mojo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Austin Powers number two. All right, okay. So, what do you like about that movie? Funny. That does not help. <laughs> funny. Hey guys, it's funny. Watch it. It's funny. <laughs> All right, okay, all right. I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. It was but funny. Do you know that? The, do you know that the movie is based off of like um, James Bond spoof? It's like a James Bond spoof. You know, who, it is. You know who James Bond is? Who doesn't know who James Bond is? Well, I don't know. I mean, 007. You're very good. 007. <laughs> all right, all right. Yes, James, it's a spoof of James Bond. He's an international man of mystery. Austin Powers. He goes and he gets the girl. He. Defeats the villain. Mini me. Do you like Mini me? No. You don't like Mini me? I to kick him. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? I think they I kicked him in the movie. Did you not see that? Oh, I think that was in Goldmember. He kicked him. Oh. Oopsie. <laughs> You'll have to get that. This is ridiculous. How are you even possibly talking about Austin Powers and you're not saying anything? I don't know. There's so much that happened. Can you tell us one thing that happened? They had to stick a tracking device in the in fat fat I, bastard. Yeah. Yes, fat <laughs> bastard. Right. They had the big guy, fat bastard. Did you know that Mike Myers, the guy who is Austin Powers, 
is also Fat Bastard, is also Dr. Evil. Wait, what? Yes! <laughs> you didn't know that? Yes! He plays multiple characters in the movie. He's almost mini-me, but he's not. He plays all three of them? Yeah, he plays all three of them. He plays Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, Fat Bastard. They uh, look so different. It's called makeup. Special effects. <laughs> Wait. Oh my gosh. This is like, I just blew your head. It blew your mind. It's so funny. Oh, that must have took, taken forever to film. Uh, maybe. Yeah, to put that stuff on, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you just didn't realize you were watching the same guy back. No, I wasn't. Did you know that he's also Wayne in Wayne's World? He's Wayne? Yeah. You are so funny. Like, it's just <laughs> like, what? Who is this guy? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're speechless right now. You just I don't, don't know. know. What to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he's been doing this stuff forever. You know, he was on Saturday Night Live. He used to do a ton of skits. You probably actually like some of them. I have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to show you some clips of uh, Mike Myers and SNL. Yeah pretty funny but um yeah so do you like uh what you like about the movie do you like the vibrant colors like what do you like about it How oh yeah fun? i like the colors there was one part where he was just randomly dancing and i was sort of like okay <laughs> yeah that's like the movie right he just randomly you know it's about confidence yeah. right it's about him being you know one thing i didn't get was the mojo thing he still seemed to have his mojo even though it was quote-unquote taken yeah, I don't know. I think that's the whole thing, right? Like, he, they took his mojo, yeah. he, but it was more about self-confidence. Yeah. And how he lost his confidence. But anyway, that's kind of the way uh, Austin Powers ran for yeah. us, right? <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more about it if on the third one yeah. you know, when you watch that, okay? <laughs> anyway, right. have a good day, guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A King from Reality, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. I have a super special guest coming back for his second time in 2021 because he can't get enough of our show. It is a writer, creator, artist, letterer. Uh, what else do you do? Do you sing? you dance? All kinds of things, Mark. There isn't anything I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> man of all trades comic book guru uh podcast host george medina yes sir yes sir thank you for the for the introduction jesus (laughs) that that's that's pretty amazing yes i can't get enough dude i can't get enough listen it came from the radio as far as i'm concerned this was the show that i grew up in the industry with let's let's (laughs) put it that way like (laughs) you made me feel so old (laughs) (laughs) no man you've been listen you were doing this before doing this was cool dude like it was like (laughs) it was back in like the early 2000s when i think i met you and i remember just watching you go around and i'm like yo i want to get interviewed by that guy who is that guy with the (laughs) mic yo we got to get that interview with him it was amazing dude yeah so I, i i'm back i'm back baby Man, you know, you, you say it like that. I'm like, yeah, it was just us. And um, there was a show out of Texas. I forgot the name of that show. And it was like, that was it. There was just two radio shows. It was us and them. And now mm-hmm. it's, you know, the whole world has changed. Yeah, yeah. Now everybody's got a, you know, if you got, if you have a computer and, 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 and you know, and some headphones, you have a podcast and like, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's just insane. So you also had a, a podcast back in the day and then you brought it back. So just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so so back in the days we had a, a podcast called Catch the Craze. Duck Craze. You always gotta yeah, say duck, duck craze. That was an important craze. point. <laughs> yeah, it was catch duck craze. And now we're back and you figured we would change that and you know be more mature about it. But now we're we're catch duck craze again. So we're we're back and back then it was the the heart of the industry. We had like this whole thing and it it, it originally was just uh, audio. And then we graduated to, to video and then, and then Sam 
left the industry. Sam Bear is the, the, my co-host on the show. He left the industry, went into hiding. I don't know where the hell he went. <laughs> and the show just disappeared. I, I, I moved on. I started, I, you know, I did my own stuff. I was doing my comics, you know, I, I, I produced. Uh, the mass media, right? Mass media. Yeah, mass yeah, media? We start, yeah, we started mass media studios with Aníbal Arroyo and with Jonathan Syfax. And it was a play on our, well, it was just the first letter of our last names, M-A-S. Uh, Medina Arroyo and Syfax. So it was mass media studios. Sam likes to joke that mass backwards is Sam. So somehow or other, he was still involved. Um, but yeah, so we started Mass Media Studios. We did that. We published a couple of things through Mass Media Studios, including um, we did the Street Journal. We did uh, Little Steve's Closet, which was Aníbal's book. Uh, Street Journal was uh, Jonathan's book. And then I had uh, uh, Russ 5377, which I published the graphic novel through, uh, through that imprint. And uh, after that, I, I went on, I, I met J.M. DeSantis at one of the shows. He started a, a, a publishing company called Dark Fire Press. And I, that's when I went ahead and I, and I published uh, The Adventures of Wonder Duck through him. So all those things. And those books are still available now. So Amazon.com, one website? Amazon.com. It's got, it's got um, both books. Uh, well, actually, it's got The, uh, the Adventures of uh, Wonder Duck. And then if you go to my website, Get Your Meds with a Z, Get Your Meds, M-E-D-Z.com. <laughs> You can get uh, issues, uh, the graphic novel of Russ, and you can also get, you know, all my other stuff, my book, uh, Wondered Up, like I mentioned. So now you're back on the podcast and you're back and you're, you're, you're making new books. Yes, we're back. on. So, so Sam comes back um, last, uh, I think it was 2019, came back and we started this podcasting again in September of 2019. And we're like, all right, let's bring it back. This guy went out, bought all this, you know, equipment, got his whole setup done, and we started recording. And then COVID hit. And it was like, oh, man. So we had to figure out how to do this thing without going into the studio. We discovered, we tried Skype. We tried uh, StreamYard. We've tried House Party. We tried a whole bunch of things. Nothing worked. Zoom worked. So we're staying with Zoom. Um, Restream has worked. So we're, 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 you know, we're trying out different things. But we're back. The show is back. We, we uh, celebrated our 200th episode in the summer last year because we had nothing else to do but do shows because <laughs> everybody was inside. <laughs> and in the middle of all that, and as that was going along in July of last year, we decided to, you know what, let's put a comic book together again. Let's do this again. Let's do this whole comic book thing again. And so we put out Catch the Crazies which is basically just like a spoof on our life as creators and podcasters. So we have that going on. So we're on issue three, which issue three should be coming out at the end of um, the end of April. Uh, no, I'm lying to you guys. The end of the end. Of, yeah. The end of May. Cause we have a, a campaign for issue three, April 29th. It starts. I got my dates all wrong. Um, so each, so each, uh, catch the crazies is its own kickstarter campaign it's its own kickstarter campaign right now so we, we've done two and, and they've been very successful and thank you man because you you supported the uh the crazies yourself so thank you very much for doing that and yeah so we've had a pretty good we've had a pretty good run uh being that there aren't any conventions right now so but mate but uh april 29th we're doing the third one which is going to launch the, th the third issue of it and that's going to run for a month and uh, we'll see how that goes is it weird doing um, a, a project by project book now as opposed to just doing it, putting it yes. self-publishing and then just putting it out there and hoping for the best? Yes, it's very different, dude. It, it, it's, it's, it's stress. It's a lot more stressful because it's like if you don't, with Kickstarter anyway, if you don't reach your goal, like you're, you don't get any of the money. So, so you know, I, I mean, our pledges aren't that high because what we're doing is we're using it for printing. Uh, most of it, you know, a lot of the book is pretty much done the, the artist, you know, we've hired an artist who's very affordable, we've paid him, and we're able to, to pay him for that I letter the book so we're not spending any money on the letterer. And then the printing is what we were asking for. So but the thing with Kickstarter is if you're asking for a 1000 and you make $999, you know, you better know somebody with a penny, because <laughs> you're not getting any of that, <laughs> any of that money. So that part of it is a little is a little, you know, stressful. It's fun. It's like that adrenaline. It's like jumping out of an airplane, right? It's like that rush. But you know, you could die. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, mm, we're crazy. But it's it's been it's been good so far. It's been good so far. And now you also have an Indiegogo campaign going on. Yes. So, okay. So Sam, the crazy man Vera is, 
has that name because he is kind of crazy. I mean, here we are going crazy with a Kickstarter campaign. And he goes, you know what we should do? We should go to Indiegogo and, and do another campaign in Indiegogo where nobody knows who we are and, you know, and do it for, for our, my, uh, no, our book Forbidden. And I'm like, oh, great. Being a team player that I am, Mark, I say, you know what, let's do it. So here we are. We're, we're, on, uh, we're on Indiegogo. Right now we have an Indiegogo campaign that started, uh, er, well, what was it? What, what am I? What's my date? Um, it started, yeah, at the beginning of March. It's going to go through the end of March. So it ends, I believe, March 28th. So we have an Indiegogo campaign that's going right now. It's funded, so we are going to get the funds. It's you know, Indiegogo is different; it's flexible. So we were asking for a five hundred dollar goal. It's to color the sixteen pages that we have of the book right now, and get it colored because everything is in black and white, and we wanted to get it colored. So we asked for funding for that and then printing. So we're right now. I think we're at six hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. So. We, we've, we've done okay. We've done okay. But the goal for Forbidden is to get it, you know, fully colored. It's, a, it's like 140 pages. So we're, we're trying to get the whole thing done and colored. Everything is drawn, but we're trying to get it colored because I just, I just personally think it'll look a lot better colored and uh, hopefully have it out by October in October. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, you're not paying people with exposure. You're actually paying them, paying them. That's crazy. Yes, yes. That is a crazy, that is a different concept. I remember when we were coming out, like, hey, man, listen, if this blows up, you blow up. You know, it's like, so so. can you work for free? But yeah, we figured that's not working anymore. <laughs> so yeah, so we're, yeah, so we got to pay. So yeah, so we have been paying the uh, the artist. And, uh, you know, he the guy did a really good job. It's, it's you know, he's not from the States, uh, but he finished all of the pages dude 140 pages well i'm lying because uh Niba did like the first uh, i think he did like the first 16 maybe the first i want to say 40 pages he did okay so this guy so this guy did 100 um but yeah he did a really good job and now we're trying to get it colored wow that's 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 wild yeah, yeah. um i can't i can't imagine being in a position where you're like, all right, I'm actually paying you, so now you have to deliver, and <laughs> you have to do what we want. Oh, right, right. Now we got we got a little bit of control, man. Yeah. Like, listen, man, we're paying you, so you know you got to get these pages done. There is no more. Well, when I get to it, you know. So, so is that something that you would suggest to all independent creators out there, even if it's five dollars? You think that you should be paying the talent? I, you know what, I think that. I, I think that life is about negotiations, right? And but I, I do believe now, I, and I didn't didn't believe this so much before. But I think that you should get paid for what you do, right? You should be getting paid for it. However, I don't believe that if you've never had anything printed, anything published, nobody knows who you are. You should you think you should be charging the amount of money that say a published. Uh, artist should be charging right you know what i mean so i think that it, that's got to be fair and that's where the negotiation comes in right so like if you've never published anything i'm i, I want to pay you because i think you should get paid however i'm not going to pay you what jim lee's getting paid or i'm not going to pay you what any of the you know smaller indies are getting paid because you've never done anything you've never sold anything with your right. artwork you know what i mean so i think that there has to be an even and, and an even exchange there so th that's that's what i'll say about that all right cool um so we're at social media time so uh yeah uh, instagram twitter facebook websites all of it right now all of it okay so get your meds with a z.com is where you will get uh my my books my t-shirts all my apparel and all that other fun stuff so go to get your meds.com for all of uh the george medina stuff crazy comics c-r-e-c look at me c-r-a-z-e-e comics.com and that's regular comics c-o-m-i-c-s we didn't get cute with that crazy comics.com that's where you will get everything that has to do with catch the craze the crazies uh sam's you know um there's an alien in my toilet forbidden will be on that site so make sure you get on there check that out um and then on instagram i'm on at medina whip work in progress wip medina whip sam is at catch the craze with a da catch the craze and uh yeah check us out there make sure you you know pledge if you can to the indiegogo campaign that's going on right now for forbidden and if you go to indiegogo just search forbidden comic and uh make your pledge 
Now, do you think that the pandemic that's still going on a year mm-hmm. later, happy anniversary, mm-hmm. um, affected how you deal with the whole radio show, uh, the, the podcast, and, yeah. the, um, and the comic? Do you think that if there was not a pandemic, would you be where you are right now? I don't think so, man. I, I think what the pandemic has done, and it sucks because it's, it's, it was such a terrible thing, is it's made, it's made me stay home. And it's made me produce. So, you know, the weather's, if the weather's nice, there hasn't been any, oh, I'm going to go away or I'm going out, you know, with my girlfriend, or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like, all right, what's well, that to do? Hey, Sam, are uh, you busy? Let's, let's get some, let's get some guests on the show and let's do some shows. So we have a lot of shows in the backlog that we can now produce and put them out on Friday, every Friday on time. You know what I mean? So we've been able to produce a lot more stuff, even the crazies, like we've been able to produce so much stuff just because there aren't any distractions. So, Yeah. Oh, that's very uh, interesting way to, to look at it. <laughs> um, so let's see, we have two minutes to go. So uh, final yes. thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, listen, man, thank you for having me on the show. I want to just make sure that, you know, if you guys don't know yet, check out Catch the Craze, subscribe to the show and keep, keep, keep producing comics, man. And I want to see your book, Mark. I want to <laughs> see your book. I need to read that book. So you uh, have I'm to telling your you when, out. when, um, I actually have my only last copy in, in my <laughs> possession. And when the, when the world starts up again, we're at a convention, be like, Hey, here you go. Read it now. I'm going to take it back home with me. <laughs> I have to read this thing, man. It's like that. It's like the Snyder cut, bro. <laughs> and release it. Release the cut. <laughs> um, I did want to quickly mention that um, you on the YouTube page that you guys have for the craze, yes. uh, Catch the Craze, you do a lot of giveaways and contests and stuff like that also. And you yes. do uh, live streams. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes, is do. that like a set schedule or is it just whenever every 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 first Every first Wednesday of the, of the month, we do a live show. So every first Wednesday of the month, we will have a live show with guests. And we had one last week. Sometimes we'll just throw impromptu ones, but the scheduled ones are on the first Wednesday of every month. We will have a live show on, on Catch the Craze. Okay. And final, uh, final thing, which, which you didn't even mention. So you have uh, less than a minute. What perks do you get, do you get for the, uh, oh, man. For the Indiegogo? So, less so, than a minute. Go. Yes. So for $5, you're going to get a PDF of the, of the book. Okay. So if you don't, you know, if you don't know about the book and you want to just check it out, PDF, five bucks. And they range from five. You get a $10 pledge. We have an international uh, pledge. We're, we're, we're sending this thing all over the world. So for 28 bucks, that includes shipping, you can get a book delivered to you in France. So we have that. And, you know, we have the regular perks. For 20 bucks, you get a copy of the book. So, you know, they're very affordable. So check it out. So like for like a thousand, what was, what did we say last time? For like a thousand dollars, you get to hand deliver it a person. Was that it? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I, we, you that? get it hand delivered. You get <laughs> You're going to get us in trouble, man. You're gonna, <laughs> people are going to be expecting us at the door. All right. Look, for, for $4,000, <laughs> hey, if you want to go, let's go crazy. $4,000, you hand deliver it to, to your place of business. <laughs> That's right. And we have it in Spanish. So if you speak Spanish, we have it in Spanish. We even have the Spanish T-shirt, uh, Mark, and that was your suggestion. Yeah, so why not? We, I like we that. We listened. We listened to you. All yes. right. So uh, we're almost, we are out of time. So once again, thank you so much for coming down. I'm glad you're continually producing new stuff. Make sure everybody goes check out their things. And uh, that's it. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Okay, so last week's comic pick of the week was Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. And I feel it's a, an excellent book, even though it's not a comic book in the sense of, you know, a superhero, uh, a plot line fiction. Um, it's a wonderful, and maybe the only, one of the only, um, nonfiction educational comics out there, almost like a textbook on comics and how to understand comics. And I felt it was it's an important read for anyone who really loves the genre and wants to get into it. Now, he did two other books. And as I said at the end of last week's pick, this month I'm going to be uh, doing all Scott McCloud um, in these books. So this week's pick of the week is Reinventing 
comics. And let me read to you from Scott McCloud's website. The controversial 242-page follow-up to Understanding Comics advocates 12 different revolutions in the way comics are created, distributed, and perceived with special emphasis on the potential of online comics. Now, just to pause what I'm reading here, to be to what's important to know is that this book came out in 2000, so it's 21 years old, and he was already predicting the importance of online comics. And if you remember, at the very beginning of the pandemic, the very first pick of the week, all those picks were comics that you could read online, web comics. So he was ahead of his time in seeing what the future was going to be. Part one, going back to the website, part one examines comics as an art form and as literature, creator's rights, the changing business of comics, public perception, and gender and ethnic diversity. Part two explores comics and new technology, including digital production, digital distribution, and the design challenges of comics in a digital environment. I feel that this is an extremely important book um, because it really shows you where you can take your comic. Uh, if you're interested in comics, if you're interested in the future of comics, even though this book is 21 years old now, it's really important, in my opinion, still, because you will see where comics have gone from that point in time to where they can be going. And it'll help give you ideas if you want to make comics yourself about how you want to do it. It's a great way to understand, do you want to print? Do you want to go online? Do you want to sell online? Do you want to create a blog? All these different things. Um, do you want to have a Tumblr account where you put your comics up? That's what I do. That's where Fishy Sarcasm uh, is hosted on. It's hosted on Tumblr, uh, fishysarcasm.com, and you can see my three web comics. And I can honestly tell you, I wouldn't be doing web comics if I hadn't read Reinventing Comics. Or I wouldn't feel as legit about it. Let me put it that way. Uh, but I feel very strongly that I'm making comics every day, and this is a good thing. So Reinventing Comics is a fantastic book to get. You can get it, of course, at scottmcleod.com on Amazon. You can look around. Go to your local comic book store. I'm sure by now they're pretty much open. Interesting fact, I, I heard recently that comic book stores are booming. Comic book stores are booming now. Um, because there are no conventions. So go support the stores. Go buy it at a comic book store or a local bookstore. I guarantee you're going to find it at a local bookstore. It's really worth uh, getting, and it's great if you are just a lover of comics and you want to know more about comics and you want to see the different avenues in which you can enjoy comics. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Game from the Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we have our little quarantine corner where I will briefly talk about the Zack Snyder Justice League film. Um, as normally, there may or may not be spoilers, so keep that in mind when you're listening to this conversation. Uh, I just wanted to start off with what I thought about the original uh, Josh Whedon version, I can call, now that I know the differences. Um, I had to go back and listen to my original review because uh, I thought that uh, I didn't like it as much as I did. But going back, I hear my thoughts. I'm like, okay, I understand what past Mark uh, thought of the original Justice League. He thought it was passable. It, it, the bar was set very low for enjoyment. And despite all what it did, it managed to get what it needed to get to. So it wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being in hindsight. So well, past Mark said he liked it. But having said that, I want to go into what I saw now. Um, uh, to, to be fair, I, I did watch this movie in 
segments. So I, I, I started watching from beginning to, to end. But every time I got to a part where I thought it felt different, I stopped, I paused the movie, I went all to good old internet and YouTube, and looked up the original scene of the film because I had not seen it since I originally saw it in theaters whenever it came out. Was it 2017? I think it was, however many years ago it was. So I, and then I saw the scene and I was like, oh, okay, I see what they changed. And then I went back to the movie. So it took me about six hours to watch the entire uh, uh, film going back and forth. So I didn't watch it in, I watched it in one sitting, but I didn't watch it in one sitting. So I thought it was probably one of the best movies uh, that I've seen in a long time, at least one of the best comic book movies. What made it interesting was how different of a movie it actually was. It was just so completely different than what we got. Even the foundation of the story wasn't even the same. So it, it made me realize exactly how much was changed, and it made me appreciate this version more. Um, the, the problem with it is that the movie needed to be told in four hours. It needed to be told in two parts, as was originally supposed to happen. So if, in, if, if thinking this movie had came out at the time, it would have been done in two parts. So would it have had the same effect as it does now? I don't know. Would it have? Would they have been able to cut it down to a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie? Definitely not. Not to get what they needed to for this movie. So it brings the question as to, does the story dictate the format in the movie? So I think because of the current situation and the streaming and the pandemic and all this stuff, that this movie was able to be seen as it was supposed to be seen and enjoyed as it was supposed to be enjoyed. So maybe because of all that, it, it made the film even better now than if it would back then. Just like they say, certain things weren't made for certain times. This is one of those situations where I thoroughly believe that this movie had to be as it was. Would I have liked it to have come out as is back then? Yes. Would it have been uh, what I like to call a game changer? Yes. This actually would be the first time that DC really put the screws to uh, Disney and Marvel. Like, hey, look, this is what we can do. While you have to accept that Zack Snyder's version and his vision was Zack Snyder's version and his vision. So if you do not like the dark and brooding tones and the uh, very departure of the Superman that we all are used to, you have to, you have to accept that. This is what we're going to get. So complaining about it, and then not liking it because it's in the movie, that's not, that's not how, it, how this movie should be. This is, you know what you're getting into. Um, I think one of the best um, combinations of Superman would be the Lois and Superman Lois, the TV series that are right now. It's a great combination of the dark and the light mushed together. So if, if that's what you're looking for, then that's not going to happen. They took out a lot of jokes, a lot of Whedonism jokes. And somehow I did this. There was a couple of jokes that I, in the original, uh, in the Josh Whedon version, that I liked. I thought it was funny. But seeing this version, it, it was a real disservice to the original characters. Uh, it bothered me how they really butchered um, Cyborg and his story and how they really did injustice, uh, uh, poor service to uh, the Flash. In, in the Josh Whedon version, he was like just a brand new sidekick. He was basically Peter Parker. He was the Peter Parker, kind of not knowing what he was doing, but you know, even on a more fumbly type of way where this version, while he was still the comic relief, he was a real superhero. He, it was him who saved the day. Um, obviously, the CG was great. Obviously, all the changes were great. And, and I just wanted to mention quickly my thoughts. And if you do like what had came before it, this only enhanced it. So if you like the Batman versus Superman, if you like the Man of Steel, which I did not like, this version was is right up your alley. So, yes, I say go out and see it. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. 
Hi guys, this is Xenia Seberg, who played Zev on the show Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. (laughs) 